0: guest and welcome to the Imagine Podcast brought to you by PXG and Imagine Golf. You can go to our site, Imagine Golf, to see all of our offerings, including our free drills, our practice plans, our golf eBooks and videos, or to book a lesson with me at our state-of-the-art studio right outside of Philadelphia, or even virtually through our partner, golfliveapp.com. And a special shout out to everyone that's listening to this podcast. We just surpassed 100,000 uh downloads if you would which is a big milestone for us and we're now in the top 10 of all golf related podcasts in the in the country i think in the world maybe but definitely in the country i have to check that one out but again thanks to everybody for listening uh it goes a long way and uh and really appreciate it hey we're going to talk about a topic today that comes up uh almost all the time right uh for me anyway um it's doesn't matter whether it's in mixed company you know i'm at an event it just happened to me yesterday as a matter of fact i'm at a at a family event um, and social event, I should say. Um, but it definitely happens all the time on the golf course, uh, or excuse me, in the golf instruction business, which is simply um, really three different basic questions of the same thing. Look, hey, Daniel, how do I break 100? Right? I'm a new golfer. I'm shooting 110. I'm shooting 120. I'm shooting 140. Hey, man, how do I break 100? And then the next obvious two, then from there, is how do I break 90? Uh, how do I break 80? And then the last one would be how do I shoot par? And, just a quick side note, I mean, um, par, par is definitely achievable. Ben Hogan famously said that he believed everybody, anybody that picks up a golf club for that matter, um, can he, uh, achieve par by just doing X. And his X was what, what he taught people to do. Um, I, I don't know that I buy into that hundred percent, but I do believe par is definitely ach- way more achievable than most golfers consider. Uh, last year, we had our best year ever. In regards to how many of our golfers uh, shot par, we had over 70 shoot par for the very first time. And I can tell you at least half of those, at least half of those, never in their right mind ever considered they would be shooting par. So um, it's definitely achievable. Uh, There are clearly steps and things that you have to do. And and look, we've talked about this a million times. Golf's a crazy hard game. You absolutely have to work on this game. Uh, or it's not going to happen. It's simply not going to happen, right? There are very few just natural athletes in golf that just go out there and bang, and are phenomenal at it. So I thought today we'd go down and we just kind of give you not necessarily a full blown plan, if you would, but just some things, uh, tips, if you would, three of them uh, for every milestone, if you would, that you have to do if you're going to break 100, 90, 80, and even shoot par. So um, anyway, so here you go, right? And by the way, Shooting par, or I mean, excuse me, shooting 100, 100, is the fun meter for golf, right? And what I mean by that is, is anybody can go out there and hack the ball around and shoot 120, 130, whatever the numbers are, right? You're going to lose 7, 10, a dozen plus balls or whatever. Um, you're going to slow down everyone behind you. Your pro- playing partners are not going to be too, too, uh, too thrilled with you, um, but you'll get through it, right? But, and by the way, you'll be exhausted at the end of that round, <laughs> but... Um, at 100, once you start getting below 100, now all of a sudden the game starts to become fun, all right? Not necessarily so exhausting, right? So um, we, we desperately try at Imagine Golf to get everybody, all of our golfers, below that fun line, if you would, which, which is the 100 mark, all right? So here are three th- quick things that you can do um, to get below 100 or, or towards breaking 100, right? The first is your grip, man. You've got to work on your grip, all right? It's the only connection with the club, right? That's just, you know, common sense, right? But, you know, Ben Hogan, as an example, he's devoted an entire chapter of his book, The Five Fundamentals, to the grip. He talks about practicing the grip, for crying out loud, as you walk around your house for a week, all right? And yet people come to the golf range and come to instructions, uh, come to uh, lessons, I should say, with some crazy grip, all right? So if you don't have a proper grip on the golf club, it will not happen for you, all right? You are not that person that can grip a club a certain way, unless you got, you know, medical challenges, if you would, physical limitations, challenges. But if you don't grip the the club the proper way, it's just not gonna happen. And there's really only two grips that you can use. There's the overlap grip, right? Um, You know, some people say it's the most common. I don't see that as the most common, Um, but it's simply with your finger, if you're a right-handed player, your pinky finger on your right hand it rests on top of your index finger of your left hand, right? Um, I do believe that most pros use this grip, uh, and most better golfers. Uh, when I say better, uh, eighty or below, they use this grip. Um, some some players that come to mind that a uh, Palmer, Hogan, we talked about Mickelson, uh, Kepka, um, they all use uh, this or this um, this grip, if you would. So um, it's definitely. Uh, a a good grip, no doubt about it. Right. But um, I think for the average golfer, a interlock grip is more appropriate. And that is where you actually, you take your, your pinky finger on your uh, left hand, or excuse me, your index finger on your left hand, and you interlock it with the pinky finger on your right hand for a right-handed golfer. All right. Um, That's the most common that we see. Um, What we never see uh, uh, amongst good golfers is a baseball grip where your hands are not connected. 10 fingers are on the club. Um, players that use an interlock grip, the most famous Tiger Woods, uh, the best golfer ever, Nicholas second, uh, best golfer ever. It is my opinion. Anyway, um, but he uses it, uh, McElroy, uh, has used it, uh, or definitely uses it now. And Kapka is going back and forth as well. Um, and, uh, who else? Um, oh, Ricky Fowler, Ricky Fowler used it. And, uh, lately he's been doing, you know, phenomenal if you would. So, um, that's how you're going to grip the club, right? Um, you're going to use one of those two grips, all right? The next thing you're going to figure out in your uh, grip is what type of grip is it? Is it a strong? Is it a weak grip? Again, I could go on and on and on about the virtues of of the proper grip, but you've got to know, all right, from a strength perspective, um, what that's going to do to your shot and to your club face, all right? The stronger a grip is, the more closed the club face is going to be throughout the swing, all right? And while there's no correct or 100% right position, all right, um, for a club face, at least Titleist doesn't believe, there's no there's no one way to swing a golf club. There are, in fact, infinite ways to swing a golf club, all right? But there is the the, the best practices, if you would, or the opportunity to give yourself the best opportunity or best shot um, to hit good shots, all right? And we at Imagine recommend a neutral grip, all right? And a neutral grip is not where you have... Uh, two thumbs down the middle of the club or right, down, the, down the middle of the grip, right? A neutral grip is where the right ha- left hand is just turned slightly um, on the, to the right or to the inside of the golf club. So your thumb, your right thumb is on the inside of the golf club, and you can see um, one knuckle, all right, on your left hand, all right? Start there. If your grip is too weak, meaning you can't see any knuckles on your left hand, you're going to push the ball to the right no matter what you do. Hypothetically, right? Statistically. If your grip is too strong, right, you're gonna possibly pull the ball, all right, or you're gonna hook the ball or whatever it is. But you've got to start with with a neutral grip and get a baseline, and only from there, let's work on changing that grip to fit your actual swing, if you would. So figure out what the right grip is for you. Start with some of the basics that we just outlined, and you're gonna be absolutely fine. All right. Do not, do not go to either extreme, right? Do not have a crazy weak grip and do not have a crazy strong grip. And certainly we are not a fan of non-interlocking grips in any way, shape or form or the baseball grip. All right. So that's first. If you're going to try to break 100, you need to have a proper grip. The second, what I recommend is start using alignment sticks, right? Um, We, you know, we're fortunate to have a lot of products sent to us and we get alignment sticks that cost up to $50 every once in a while. It always cracks me up. Um, have at it. You want to buy those alignment sticks at that expensive price? Go to golf, Gallic, wherever you get your stuff, have at it. Um, you can obviously go to, or, uh, go to home Depot or uh, Lowe's or a local hardware store and get a driveway marker for like a buck 50 as well. It's almost the same exact thing. Right. But make sure you're start practicing with alignment sticks. All right. Make sure you're parallel to your target on every shot every shot line up your feet line up your waistline line up your chest and you are parallel to the target or square to the target all right make sure okay and then from there we can start grooving different things with those alignment sticks and imagine we're big favor big fans of um shooting or, or uh, aiming towards 11 o'clock or swinging to, excuse me one o'clock from a right-handed golfer so we uh, or right field or we we get that um that uh, alignment stick a little bit to the right all right and uh, from the face of the clock 12 would be neutral one o'clock would be a little bit to the right right and we get that uh, alignment stick going that way and that's the swing path that we get our golfers to go to but if you're going to break 100 you've got to start aligning yourself correctly and the easiest way to do that um is with alignment sticks if you would and then the last thing for breaking 100 is practice a pitch shot right um you've got to be better at chipping and pitching right to, to uh, to break 100, there's no doubt about it. And I know what you're gonna th- you're gonna say, hey man, I can't even I can barely hit a full shot. Why would I practice my chipping? Well, because it's gonna be about uh, over 30, 40 percent of your gain. That's why, <laughs> right? All right, you've got to improve your chipping and your your small shots, if you would. And here's here's the catch, right? Or here's the, the the best part about it is when you're working on chipping and smaller shots and pitching, you're actually working on your full swing anyway, right? So if you can't swing a full swing, right? Work on your half shots. Work on your three-quarter shots. Work on your quarter shots. By the way, if you can't do a half shot in golf, there is no way you're going to do a full shot. right? Just say it out loud. You cannot take a proper full shot if you can't even hit a half shot. So the half shots are going to get that ball up quicker. It's an easier shot. It's going to go obviously not as far. It's going to land softer, though. And it's going to be a shot that you can uh, grow confidence with. And that's going to lead to a three-quarter shot and then to a full shot. So those are the three things that you're going to have to practice uh, to even get a shot or a sniff at breaking 100. And by the way, how much do you need to practice? You need to practice an hour a week. An hour a week, all right? And that's proper practice. We're not going to go through it out here. But if you're not going to practice an hour a week, the chances are that you are not going to break. You can't just play your way to under 100. Um, I guess you can, but it's not likely, all right? All right, so second one, breaking 90 here's where the fun really starts to come in, right? You start shooting 90, you're in the top 20% of all golfers on the planet, all right? And the game changes from uh, just having fun to a little bit more strategic, as, as uh, uh, Rush Limbaugh used to say, right? So um, it's, it's a lot different once you start breaking 90. Not only is it fun, but you start to have some strategy involved, you start to be a little bit more calculated, you start to have a better idea of what you're doing, um, and it's just, um, I think the best time, right? Once someone starts getting below the 90 uh, threshold, they really start to enjoy the game. And almost uh, that's where the game almost becomes, uh, you know, addictive, if you would, all right? Um, it can be a, one of the diff- most difficult, look, it's easy to get someone from 120 to 100, um, but it's not as easy to get someone from 100 to 90. So it can be challenging for sure. Um, it's not as challenging for an instructor as it is for the individual, right? Uh, because there's a lot of things that you got to change. All right. The number one thing you got to change is you got to stop these ridiculous shots that you're trying. Right. Um, I, I just had a playing lesson recently. The guy warms up on the range. He's a great golf, great guy, and going to be a great golfer. But he did incredibly dumb things on the golf course that cost him, you know, 10-15 strokes. Um, but we're we're uh, we're on the warm up. Uh, faci- we're at the warm up facility, and I noticed that man everything everything is a slice i mean a hard slice and it's just uh it's not going to go well right and it's certainly not we're about four holes in and that slice is rearing its ugly head and we we roll up to the next par five on the fourth or fifth hole and it's a dog leg left right and he lines up for this incredible draw and i just said to him "said michael what are you doing man it's like, oh, I'm going to gonna play a draw here. I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> you're, you haven't hit a draw in the last 60 shots, including the warm-up. You're not going to hit one now when you need it the most, man. So that would be a dumb shot, right? The hero shots, all right? Absolutely ridiculous, right? You hit, a, you hit a horrible one shot or hit a bad shot, and then you go after the second one, trying to make up for that horrible shot that you just hit, right? Um, you just can't do it, right? Um, no one that plays good golf um, takes these ridiculous shots, all right? Um, here's a couple more, all right? Uh, you're in love with your, your lob wedge, and you're trying flop shots, right? You can't break 90. Uh, you shoot 95, 97, 101, but you're trying flop shots. That, that doesn't even make any sense, Any sense, right? You're trying to carry uh, a hazard or a water, you know, 200-plus yards. Um, this doesn't even make sense, right? You're going for a par 5 and 2, and you're 250 yards out. I mean, it's... It, Doesn't even matter, right? I mean, why? All right, you're aiming directly at pins, right? You're shooting for pins um, at the hole instead of going for the center of the green. We did a whole uh, podcast on that. Uh, You're, you know, you're, you're again, you're in love with your wedge, and you're trying this beautiful high lofted shot um, when there's nothing in front of you. All right, when you can keep it low, right? And just, just again, and we did a whole podcast. Um, on, um, height loft, right. Is risk. If you equate loft to risk, you're better off. All right. Um, you're trying to go through, you know, a, a, a tree, you hit it between, or you hit it, you know, a, in the next fairway and the, the trees are between you and, and you see a 10 foot hole and you're trying to chip All All these things are ridiculous shots, right? So you, you've got to stop all that, right? So that's the number one thing. If you're going to get in the nineties, you've got to stop these shots that absolutely kill your score. All right. Um, the second thing, all right. Um, and by the way, w- one thing that I would do if you want to do this, um, I, I'd write down some of your shots that y- that you've tried or that you're not going to try anymore. Call it your do not do not hit list, <laughs> whatever. All right. Um, but you know, you're not going to hit through trees. You're not going to try a flop shot. You're not going to go for it a, a plus two. Let's just call it two hundred or whatever. But just write that down. It's amazing if you write that stuff down. Um, how much you stop doing it. So just um, a little, uh, a little side bit there, a little tip there. Right? All right. The second thing, if you want to break 90, is got, look, man, you got to be, a, you got to learn how to hit out of a bunker, right? Uh, it, it's so funny. Again, when I, even when I play, but when I'm certainly when I do playing lessons, um, you know, people hitting the bunker, and the first words out of their mouth is a four-letter word, and it's not golf, right? Um, but you've got to know how to hit out of a bunker, all right? And it's got to be, uh, you got to have confidence all right, most, most people that hit into, into bunkers automatically are adding two, three, or four shots, all right, to that hole, if you would. So, um, you know, they're not the easiest, but they are, they're not that hard either. I mean, the nice thing about sand is it's a very consistent lie, all right, um, so when you're in a bunker, if you're in a green side bunker, just get it on the green, right, find an area that's big, aim there, just get it there, all right, um, and then go through some setups, all right, you know, widen your stance, dig your feet in a little bit, right, um, depending on, on the lie, if you would, maybe a little bit way forward, right? Definitely the club face open, definitely hit behind the golf ball. Try not to get any of the golf ball, uh, and, uh, and, um, and loft it up all sand. All right. But if you're going to break 90, all right, you've got to do that. You've got to learn how to hit out of a bunker. All right. Um, and the last thing, a uh, number three, all right, you've got to track some stats. All right. So if you're gonna track stats and you're gonna track the normal stats on, uh, on tour, fairways hit in regulation, have at it, right? We're not big fans of that because in, in, our, in our understanding of, of instruction and, and how to get better, those don't equate to getting better as much as these next three. And these are from Hank Candy. These aren't Daniel Guest or Imagine Golf, but penalty shots, you gotta track your penalty shots. You gotta track your two chips. In other words, you're from in 100 yards, you've got to uh, hit that green all right so if you, if you go 90 and another chip that's two chips that would be another plus one um, and three putts right so you've got to start tracking that stuff we're not going to work on them yet but you got to start tracking that stuff if you want to break 90 all right so there we go those are the three things to break 90 now breaking 80 all right now now not only is the game fun and a little strategic now we're actually attacking the golf course and I know for a lot of you that are listening you're like what? I, what? What does that mean? I haven't attacked any golf course. In fact, <laughs> a golf, a golf uh, course is always normally attacking me, all right? So here's an easy, not an easy way, there's nothing easy about golf, but here's some easy tips, if you would, uh, for the 90 shooter to start breaking 80, all right? Um, and, and the reason for these tips, are, and you're going to see them in a minute, or listen to them in a minute, is they're more strategic and they're more towards your weaknesses, if you would, right? So usually there are a few areas of for the 90 shooter that weaknesses, if you would, that are limiting them from getting uh, any better. And that could be mental, right? Golf's crazy mental, or it could be just a, a a swing flaw or a strategic flaw, if you would. So the first one is an easy one is put the driver away every once in a while. All right. It, you know, you're going to use it 14 times. And if you're not hitting it good on the, on the practice range and you use it, uh, we, our rule of thumb at Imagine is three. If you use it three times and it doesn't work well, right, the, the result is not positive, it's not going to happen. It's not going to turn around the next 11 times you use it, right? So put it away, all right, um, and, and have a plan, right? In other words, in other, you, you practice your, your three wood or, your, or whatever hybrid you have, whatever you have um, besides a driver in the event the driver is not cooperating, um, practice that on the range, right? Practice hitting your three wood off a tee. Practice hitting your 19-degree hybrid off a tee, all right, um, so that when the driver goes awry, all right, um, that you have a plan and you feel confident about that plan, all right? Maybe even if it's a long iron, right? I used to have a, a, uh, a driving iron that I used to smack the crap out of that thing, man. I, I don't know why it doesn't work for a pro- I do know why because I'm 58 years old. But uh, in my early 40s, man, I absolutely love that thing, right? So um, you've got to feel comfortable on the tee. And if you're hitting bad drives, you know three, four, five times, it's just not gonna work, right? It's just not gonna, not gonna work. So um, make sure you have a plan that you, when your driver's not cooperating, you put it in timeout just for the round, if you would, and you go there, right? You go for that plan, if you would. Um, the second tip for breaking eighty is, is look, you've got to treat it like. Um, less that like a game if you would and more like a sport here's what i mean by that right one one thing that i realized when i played my first time i played with a professional golfer right is these guys don't get out of focus right they hit a bad shot and it it it's like they don't even remember that they hit it right they're they're so dialed in if you would um that they're just aren't look bad shots happen they know that and they know what they gotta do to get that next shot where it needs to go. So that's not a bad hole and or a bad round, right? Bad shots lead to second bad shots, lead to third bad shots, lead to bad putts, lead to bad holes, lead to bad nines, lead to bad rounds. When I played with a couple of professionals, that never happens with these guys. Not only rarely do they hit bad shots, right? Their miss hits are are some of my better shots, right? But at the end of the day, they are experts at that short memory, if you would, right? So we're big advocates that imagine that, look, when you hit a bad shot, come right back behind that bad shot and take a practice shot with the form and function that you wanted to deliver on that shot, right? Get that club away from your body, have a nice, smooth, measured swing, if you would, good tempo, and then go get that ball, right? Um, But there is a lot to be said about the mental piece of the game. And when you treat it like a sport, right, instead of a game, Um, the, 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 it just comes different. And, you know, I I played a pretty high level ice hockey in my lifetime. And, you know, you, you never come off the ice after a shift and, you know, you're done for the day. You're like, oh my God, that shift was so bad, man. I didn't want to go out there. Right. You know, it it was 60 seconds, right? You're up and out. And anybody that watches hockey, know, the shifts are very short. So you're out 60 seconds. Things don't go your way. A couple of things go wrong. If you, when you make a couple of bad plays and you're like, you know what guys, that was so horrible. I'm done. Right. You don't do that because in a sport, right? You just know that you're going to come back. Your next shift's going to be better. And your next shift after that's going to be better. And, and your teammates are going to lift you up, right? Well, we don't have that per se in golf with the whole team aspect, if you would. Um, but, right, we can have mentally, right? You're going to treat it like a sport. Bad things happen um, and, and bad breaks happen, But you're going to be positive, right? And you're going to go for it. And you're going to figure out, you know, hey, you just hit that, that that horrible bunker shot. All right, here I go. I'm going to put this one up there, all right? Don't make it too complicated, right? Um, you don't need to worry about you know any you know special technique or whatever. All right, um, we talked about you know the the importance of uh, of those stats, right? You might want to double up on some of those stats, right? How many total putts did you take? All right, did you hit many greens in regulation? All right, were you keeping the ball in the fairway? All right. Um, what was your up and down your sand saves? All right. Your, your Sandys, as we used to call them, right. Pay attention to your scorecard, right? You don't need an app. I got, I see all these apps. All right. Um, that track everything. You don't need an app to get, you know, uh, get better or get into the eighties if you would, but you do need to know where you're dropping strokes. All right. So pay attention to that. All right. And, and if you do, you'll absolutely, um, have, uh, a better shot if you would, uh, of getting, you know, below 80, if you would. All right. Um, and here's a couple things, right? Um, I think it, when you're trying to get below 80, you got to pick your spots. All right. Um, that would be number three, pick your spots, right? Uh, don't go for things if you don't need to. All right. Um, take the shot at the pin, uh, because you're, you're drawing the ball a little bit today. It's to the left and there's nothing wrong or there's no hazards on the left side of the green. So instead of going for the, for the, the, the center, like we always put, uh, Uh, profess if you would you have an opportunity here to score all right so number three tip number three would be when you have an opportunity to score score all right go for it that doesn't mean you're 175 yards out and you're shooting to the left side of the green right what it does mean is you have an 80 yard degree 80 yard uh wedge or 80 yard shot and that's your go-to full swing wedge shot with your sand wedge and you're drawing the ball a little bit you have an opportunity to pull that that ball right to the pin that 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 does what it means that 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 that, that is what it means (laughs) all right so score when you can all right but be smart all right you're attacking the golf course a little bit more all right and you're going to get in the 80s all right now here comes the real fun getting into the 70s all right look by the way if you shoot below 80 you're in the top 10 percent of all golfers in the world if you shoot par you're in the top Four, three to four, depending on, on, on what stats you look at. But um, not many golfers, right, have, uh, have broken 70, right, or even shoot par for that matter. I've never broken 70. I have shot par, never broken 70, right? But um, it is possible, all right? It is absolutely possible, all right? Um, he, he, by the way, he, here's what a 70 uh, round looks like, right? You, never, you don't know bogeys, right? You've uh, birdied at least two. Of the par fours and probably all the par fives, you've knocked um, one or two approach shots within uh, you know seven feet, and then you you make the one putt. Right? Um, There's no three putts. All right, and you've gotten up and down probably fifty percent of the time. All right, and just when you say that out loud, that that, those are difficult. Those five things, right? No worse than bogey. You birdie at least two of the par fours and probably all the par fives. Or two of the par fives, you've knocked down at least two approach shots within seven feet, and you make the one timer, all right? Uh, You've had no three putts, uh, and you get up and down at least 50% of the time, all right? So those are the five things that have to happen, all right, not necessarily in that order, but almost always have to happen if you're gonna break 70, that's a a long list, right? But it is absolutely possible, absolutely possible. So if you wanna get even lower than that, oh man, look. (laughs) Oh, and by the way, I forgot to mention, to break 80, You've got to practice two times a week. Excuse me. To break ninety, you got to sh- you got to practice at least two hours a week. To break eighty, you've got to practice three hours a week. Right. So if you're not willing to do that, it ain't going to happen. All right. You can be that 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 phenom. You can be that one percenter. You can be that ten percenter. Right. I'm just telling you. By and large, after doing thirty-four thousand lessons now, it, it's just not going to happen. So. Hopefully that helps, man. Um, that's all I have today on, on, uh, on our podcast. Again, shout out to all you guys for listening. We've surpassed the 100,000 download mark for the first time ever. Um, thanks for tuning in. Hit the follow button on wherever you get your podcast. Be sure to check us out at ImagineGolf.com, and you can follow us on all the social media platforms or wherever you get your podcast. So here's to getting you the game you've always imagined.